Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Foundation by Story Archives. I am your host, Mario Busto, alongside... Zachary Newton, your other host. Welcome back. Zach, I think it's official. Well, first, let's get into it. We're covering Season 2, Episode 3, titled King and Commoner. Mm -hmm. And it's my favorite episode of the season so far, personally. Okay. Yeah, man, because we're finally getting into... It feels like we got the opening moves out of the way. And it feels like we're now we're meeting the true players here. We're meeting Hober Mallow, which I was not expecting us to yeah. get uh, a Hober Mallow introduction so soon. I thought this was going to be a drawn out process to find Hober Mallow. We got the Una's World revelation yeah. and the twist of what occurs there with Harry somehow being reincarnated into a body. Yeah. Looks like it. We get introduced to Belrios, which we were expecting from last episode. So that that was not a surprise. Although at first when they went to that planet, I thought, are we going to Hober Mallow immediately? And That's then I saw I him. Thought. I saw him and I was like, he doesn't look like a Hober Mallow. He doesn't look like somebody who's gonna change the the freaking history of the world and you know Hober Mallow is like your Han Solo type you know he's the yeah that's exactly what he feels like too he's a cool character charismatic confident uh he's a, a trickster pretty much you know so it's uh mm-hmm. interesting to see where we go there Cermak is giving heavy Tywin Lannister vibes over at Interminus which uh that whole roundtable situation feels like people who are in power who shouldn't be in power so I'm still yeah. kind of on the fence as to whether the Warden Jaeger being incinerated was divine judgment by Harry Selden or whether, <laughs> who knows, we have some theories out there uh, in the comments saying maybe the mule hijacked the vault and he's the one who put the message out there for um, Hober Mallow. That would be interesting. Um, I mean, I think this episode, we, we definitely are getting people that continue to feel more and more human. Uh, there's a lot more expletives in this episode than there have been in the past and much more in the season compared to season one. And violence. Um, yeah, and it is a bit more violent. How right? would like, you, how would I, you I like, like to be killed? calculated in season one. How would you like to be killed by the Titans prick? <laughs> did you see that? I did see that. Um, I, I, I feel like that would be a... I don't know. I don't know. How quickly would you die? You, I don't think you'd die <laughs> And I mean, that looked like a really sharp points on that thing with less of like a blunt object puncturing through you so maybe it i don't know i was gonna say maybe it wouldn't hurt as bad but it's still gonna hurt <laughs> i'm gonna say the whole set piece of him being about to be executed mm-hmm. felt so wacky it felt like the Sav- savannah savannah world where like yeah. everything was just so wacky that didn't feel like there was any real stakes because the tone was so comedic that it yeah. never felt like he could die Oh, I can I completely agree. While I was watching that part of the episode, um, I was just sitting there. I'm like, okay, all right, come on, what's gonna happen? He's gonna how is he gonna get out of this? Like, you know, it's gonna happen. I I figured it would be related to the bracelet thing, or you know, this like quantum entanglement switching of the bodies. But yeah, well, you didn't know how. ended up being the case. Yeah, apparently well, it was a different device. I don't know how. I mean, the show has this kind of sense of where, I don't know, it just didn't feel very, it felt so comedic and we're in such a serious mode, right? You know, mm-hmm. everything's supposed to be serious, but the, the set piece just didn't feel like it. It felt like something like a James Gunn type Guardians of the Galaxy 
very comedic like levity situation where um you have this commander who's a joke you know he's a yeah. joke of a leader and you have this like this square there's a very open easy access to this whole execution thing like where you have Polly running back and forth like that felt very informal like mm -hmm. the whole thing just felt like a like a clown show on that planet so you know, I you kind of want. I, I mean, I guess because Trantor and Terminus are the two key planets, that those are the two staples that have actual any seriousness in them. Mm -hmm. But any other planet we were seeing so far is like this just joke fest. You know, you have this one planet that looks like something out of Westworld, and then Silver you have, yeah. you know, and then you have this planet which is called Corel, that looks very serious. It looked like it was going to be a really interesting planet, and then mm -hmm. it just it just didn't seem. I understand they're introducing Hober Mallow and the type of character he is, but it would have been nice to see some, I don't know, maybe a more serious tone, but still that charismatic, uh, quick wit to get out of a situation. Yeah. Have you ever seen Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? I have not. Okay. All right. Well, you then can, you're not, you not going to get this. You can give um, a quick uh, example, though. Well, I mean, it, it, it's it's an old movie. It's got Dick Van Dyke in it and a, a few other people. Um like these kids essentially like go on this adventure and we end up meeting this character who's this king of this land that that has no kids in it and this leader i forget what they uh what they called him here um that was sentencing people to death via titan's prick mm. his character just kind of reminded me of that goofy quirky king from that uh from the movie Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. And I was just like, it was, it, you're right. It's very comical. For me, I think the the world of Corel and Sewena really starts to kind of pull me out of this yes, a little bit. Like I it agree. just, it doesn't feel like it belongs in the universe that is yeah. foundation. I mean, yeah. I think about Star Wars, which I, I, was, I was just watching some trailers too, because it's been a long time since I've watched it and I haven't watched most of the new things yet so i might i might pick that up i'm hearing but, amazing things about andor by the way yeah I, I mean i'm hearing a lot of great stuff about what, what uh kenobi and uh the book of boba fett and, and a bunch of those uh you know mm -hmm. different shows and movies but i i look at that and i'm like part of me feels like man that's what foundation here could be a little more like right like there's there are comedic elements in it but i feel like there's this level of seriousness across the, the the different bits of the universe that we see within uh within star wars yeah for me i actually i'm as i've said out there i'm not like the biggest star wars fan simply mm -hmm. because it has more of this vibe to it you know i prefer the that every decision has a consequence feel mm -hmm. to it uh, of that game of thrones gives you that you feel like the moment like in this episode when bell rios is talking to Emperor, Emperor Day. Mm -hmm. And he has two choices. He can either punch him in the face or he can with with uh, pretty much not punch him in the face. Mm -hmm. And the decision as you're watching, you're like, what do you do? Because Day is so impossible to understand mm -hmm. that you don't know. Maybe he actually wants to be on the same level and to get even with this guy. So maybe he wants to punch him in the face mm -hmm. or maybe he is testing his loyalty to him. So those types of moments to me, like the whole Bel Rios situation in the show, brought the stakes like it made everything serious in this episode yeah, even I, even gail's performance on una kind of took me out of it a little bit where it was like um it, everything on una just happened so fast you know 
It it did. It did. Um yeah, I, I, I did like the bit with Bell Rios. He man, that <laughs> that makeover from that haircut and that, that shave though, man. He he turned from somebody who I could not see as a general at all. To somebody you to could somebody see. To somebody yeah. like, man, like that guy looks like a general at that point. It's 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 it was crazy. cool. It was cool. Yeah. Kind of remember, it looks a little like David Bowie. Um I don't I don't know the actor's name, but I gotta we gotta look it up on IMDb. Uh, maybe you can do that in the background. I wanted to make a point about, by the way, I'm I'm saying like kind of the only negatives I have for the episode because this was my favorite episode of the season. So I'm just pointing out like just a few things because Hober Mallow is like the savior character or so we're to believe here, right? If he, if he is the one who overthrows the empire, then this guy is the, I love the way they set him up, right? You have him, people mm-hmm. call him blood poor, uh, Polly calls him an asshole, I mean, I love the scene though when Paulie is waiting for his execution, mm-hmm. and it is—it's hilarious. Like the comedic delivery that he pulled off on that moment when he walks into his Hober Mallow's name being announced for execution, and he goes, "Fuck!" <laughs> he just walks in and goes, just screams it out. I was cracking <laughs> up, man. I literally rewound that two times just because of how much I laughed at that moment. But I still would have wanted just a little more seriousness from that planet just to mm-hmm. give some stakes to what's going on here but i understand yeah. it was it was a set piece to kind of show that hober mallow's like your nathan drake type your indiana jones your your guy who has always has a plan he always has a, a trick up his sleeve mm-hmm. and that's who you're trying to set up i'm glad also that it's an actor who we've never i've never seen before it's a relatively uh not a well-known household name at mm-hmm. least uh for me maybe someone out there knows who he is but I love seeing shows who give new actors a chance to become that sort of household familiar face. So that was cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Bell Rios is played by a guy named Ben Daniels. Ben Daniels. And he's been in Can you put a his few IMDb things. In the, in the chat. Yeah. He's, he's been in a few things. He's been in, what is it? The Exorcist. He's been in. Oh God. I saw house a trailer. Of Cars, Adam Galloway. And. Interesting. Adam Gallagher. Uh, though I don't remember the character because, again, it's been a while. It's been, what, this was 2016, so it's been about Rogue One. seven years. Yes, he's been in Rogue One and he was General Merrick in that. So, I guess he likes to play that, that general type here. He was in The Crown. Yes, he was. Lord Snowden. And Flesh and Bone, that's another one on, um, it's another, that's a series on Netflix that's kind of... Hold on, is Flesh and Bone the same as the... No, I'm thinking of something different. I'm thinking of something different. Um, I'm thinking of something else on Netflix that's like a fantasy type mm. world building show. You know, in the episode, you have a lot of people going on the on missions, right? You have Demerzel going to recruit Bel Rios. You have Pauly going to recruit Hober Mallow, right? So you have each side is recruiting their key chess piece. Now, it's mm-hmm. clear how Bel Rios fits into this equation, right? Uh, yeah. albeit he's going to be fighting out of fear uh, rather than... I don't think he's actually fighting out of fear. I don't think he's afraid. Uh, yeah. But I do think he knows the stakes, right? Like they're going to kill his husband or they're going to... I don't know. Who knows what else they're going to do to him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then Hober Mallow, we're not quite sure how he's going to fit because it seems like Cermak, the director of the foundation or the first foundation, uh, isn't really on board with finding Hober Mallow. In fact, when we find them in this episode... The roundtable is pretty much discussing like, yo, what are we worshiping here? This guy just incinerated our warden. Like, is this the sort of, it seems like they're almost kind of split. 
Like they may split from Harry's vision because yeah. if, if every time this damn vault opens, someone's going to get incinerated, then, you know, are we really going to uh, follow this guy's lead? Well, I think it makes sense that they would split farther away from Harry's vision um, unless Harry, this version of Harry's meant to kind of lead them down this path where they could become the new empire really, right? Like, cause that's yeah. a little bit of the story that we got in the last episode, you know, if the, the way that that foundation is growing and you know, if, if, you know, you, you leave it just to nature, right? Like, and you don't kind of course correct here and there, they will grow up to be uh empire. So it, it makes sense that maybe they, they do kind of depart farther from his vision. Yeah. Interesting enough. We don't get any, we don't get a visual on queen Sarath or lady Sarath. In this episode at all, we do get this sort of weird romantic moment between Day and Demerzel, Mm -hmm. who are watching Belrios reunite there with, um, what's the guy's name? Clavin, Gwaven, weird name, Gwaven, I didn't know. Oh, it was uh, Gawain, I believe. Gawain? Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Glawain. 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 Yeah, Glawain. Yeah, you're right. Glawain. Um... Yeah, she's like caressing Day's face as they're watching this go on. It's like a like I, I wonder about Demerzel because at moments in this episode when she goes to recruit Belrios, she seems like she's all in favor of giving Belrios this powerful position, right? Mm-hmm. Of the guy who has the upper hand on on Day, and then here she seems in her element, having kind of like this sensual moment with Day where she's comforting him, right? Yeah. But I can't, man. She is still mysterious to me. I still don't know what side she's on, what she's thinking. I'm assuming we're going to get a Demerzel episode or we're going to just get into her head and see what's going on there, hopefully. Yeah, I think we're going to have to. I mean, there's definitely something going on. I, I, I'm not sure what. She's, she's too touchy-feely with Day. I don't know why. You know, she, she kind of, um, when she was going to recruit Belrios, looked like somebody who had like a greater plan like in mind right like this this almost seemed like one of her own little chess piece moves here mm-hmm. um but maybe i'm uh maybe i'm projecting something that i i want to see into that by the way the the prison planet looked really cool like the actual set piece yeah, of did. that looked awesome everything about corel looked awesome until we got to the execution set piece <laughs> yeah yeah i agree we did uh we did get Finally, <clears throat> the name of the other brother that was with Polly. Did you catch Did that? we get it? Because I kept on calling her the unnamed in my in my yeah. um Yeah, when notes. Polly was jumping onto their jump ship, um he he yelled out what I can only assume to be her name, which is Constant. No. So she's brother Constant. Yes? Yes. Did you is that on all right, we gotta confirm that. I'm, it's also on IMDb. It's brother constant, mm. but that's when he shouted out her name. Oh, if you would have led with that, I just I thought he was saying like some sort of like religious. Uh, I thought that like, too yeah. for a moment, but I'm like, but he didn't follow up with anything. Yeah, like, yeah. I thought it's got to like, be your name. And I was thinking to myself, like constant. What is that? The whole I didn't get it when he said it, but yeah. Also, that's not really a name. Constance is a name. Constant. Well, I mean. Then again, Hober Mallow. Demerzel, Hober Mallow, Belrio. Oh, I guess Belrio sounds more like Salvor. a real name to me. Salvor's yeah. a man's name. It sounds It sounds like it. It sounds very strong. Like if you name your daughter Salvor, what do you expect? Well, it sounds like Sal. Exactly. Which, That's a man's name. Yeah, but then there's also Sally. 
Bro, you've never called Sally Sal. Oh, Sal. Sally. Eh, I guess you could. Exactly. I've never met a Sally, so <laughs> I haven't either. Either way, I've never met a Salvor. I've also never met a Salvor who's a guy. It's a yeah. name that just truly does not exist in the world. Yeah. Um. What do you think about Belrio's his entry as like general to his ship? Did you notice that he had a spacer in his crew that he calls? She bends light. That's her name. It's like kind of like a like an Indian name, like he who runs with wind. You know, I don't know something like. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know how like the the cool like Indians have like these cool names like the, yeah, and all the westerns yeah, or even um, history actually too. I liked it. It reminded me a lot of Star Wars for a moment Jesus. until I saw the crew, and then I was like, I want to just shout out, live long and prosper or something. <laughs> I don't know if this series heading in Star Wars direction is the thing for it. It seems like in between the identity of Star Wars. And wanting to be more serious, like Game of Thrones. Like, it's like split in the middle. It doesn't know what it wants to be. On Trantor, it's Game of Thrones. On Sawena and freaking Corel, it's Star Wars. But I'm also attributing all of the negative Star Wars aspects here of just like the wackiness and that nobody ever dies in Star Wars. It's just, you know, there's never a consequence for like anything to our main characters in Star Wars, you know. Unless you're a youngling. <laughs> yeah, unless you're a youngling who happens to be. At the uh, Jedi Academy while Anakin's uh-huh. there. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm just not the biggest Star Wars guy. So, if, if it leans more in that direction, I'm just like, oh, great. Wacky, that's, wacky that's stuff. A, that, that's great. okay. That's great. okay. Um, we've left Una's world for last because it's perhaps the most mysterious aspect of what occurs here. Gale and Salvor think they're going to the planet of Ignis, which is where the second foundation should be started. But... Somehow don't realize Harry is actually taking them to Una's Una, world, yeah. which is which is you know absolutely reasonable because Harry is in complete control of the ship. So I'm sure sure he could alter anything he wants here. Mm-hmm. He also probably knows that he's very close by to Una. Funny coincidence that it also happens to be close to Ignis. It seems. Yeah, they enter this planet that looks a lot like the planet of Iraqis on Dune, and you even got these mining objects, which are also in in Dune. You have these sorts mm-hmm. of autonomous mining rigs that are in there, but they also they don't hunt life forms like that. The way mm-hmm. I did, I never, I didn't quite understand why these mining rigs were going after any living, uh, being there, and why it hadn't attacked Salvor and Gale. I think it was just uh, Brother Day's way of tying up loose ends or something like no that. No way, you think? I, it seemed like they were they were like trained to do that you know like they were i don't know moving on to the next best thing i'm, I'm not quite sure you but yeah I, I was i was kind of confused as to why they they didn't like just start attack like if they knew harry exactly. if harry was, they on, knew the harry was on the hand, hand yeah you don't know that gale and salvor are just chilling outside maybe of the ship acti- underneath a really weak part of the ground that could have fallen through at any moment maybe they activated it when they fell through and like there's like a sensor or something who knows but i don't maybe. know about your theory about day being involved in in these machines coming well to life. maybe not not this day like i, I think it's just empire in general this was three thousand years ago right that, mm. that they were mining this place and, and it became abandoned i believe yeah let's talk about um what occurs here they run into kali which by the way that hike to the top of that statue mm-hmm. would have been at least a two, three hour hike. There ain't no way Gail's making it up there. Because did you see how tired she was at the base of the statue? Mm-hmm. And she gets to the top and she's not even like exasperated or anything like that. 
I was like, Whoa. I don't know. Maybe they took a nap on. You the brought way. this little ass canteen. No, the sun was the exact same. The daylight, the light was the exact same. <laughs> there wasn't even sunset. They were there for maybe three hours in total. Yeah. Parked the ship a little closer to the statue. You know what I mean? Yeah. Harry seemed to know exactly where he was going. Yeah. So why not park the ship next to the statue? Yeah. Anyways, what do you what do you think? Uh, Calais. Calais is yeah. I think Calais is not Calais. It's she's some sort of divine being that is the radiant or whatever force she is. <laughs> uh, I would hope that we get some sort of very artsy, well done explanation of how Harry got himself a body. Now Harry is a tangible, physical being again. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting to me. But then again. Where did his casket with his body go? Maybe it came here. No, his casket turned into the vault. That's so then, that's so then, what we're told in uh, season one. So then how did she get a, a body? How did he get a body? It's a good question. I have maybe a couple theories, but I'll, I'll get into it in, in the, the deep, deep dive. dive. Yeah. Give, give us a teaser. Give us a little teaser. Well, I, maybe he's not human. Harry? Yeah. Or Callie? We know Callie's not human. Harry. I, you know. You think oh. he's a robot? That is one of my theories. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, though, what I don't, the thing that's throwing me is why these like spider minor things go after him. Yeah, don't go after Callie. Um, it just, it doesn't quite make sense to me. You think they were reacting to the life form that he was and not... Well, that's, that's kind of what I'm, I'm led to believe. But then, I, then when, I, when I think that, I'm wondering, okay, why did they not go after Gale and Salvor while they were on the planet for hours? Literally right above them. I, I so, mean, you, possibly that they reacted to the type of species that Harry is now with this body? Maybe. Like, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, maybe he is a robot. I don't know that he's a living being, but in my mind, a robot, if you were like Demerzel, probably wouldn't have a pulse. Also, you wouldn't um, be allowed to exist, right? Because Demerzel yeah. is supposedly the last robot. Also, I mean, this it's kind of interesting that this planet is extinct. There's no nobody there, right? Except Kale, yeah. Yeah, but is she always there? She seems like somebody who's uh, omnipresent. Like she could show up wherever she wants. It seems like. Yeah, I mean, she was in the quantum prime radiant world, and now she's here. Mm-hmm. And now we we can assume that Harry learned whatever secret that he was supposed to find out on Una's world. So <clears throat> it's I bet interesting. That'll be its own its own uh episode or part of an episode yeah, where we w- get to see like this this whole thing transpire so while gail was just chilling on the uh beggar with salvor we'll see harry on his little exploratory mission here yeah yeah all right well i think that should re- just about wrap up the instant reaction coverage for episode three we're looking forward to the deep dive i haven't rewatched this episode yet i'm gonna rewatch it this weekend and then um, get into this a bit more deeply. Uh, we want to thank you all for tuning in. We hope you're enjoying our coverage of Foundation Season 2. We're also covering Invasion Season 1 in anticipation of the Season 2 premiere on August 23rd. 
We're getting comments and messages about the Invasion Season 2 trailer looking insane, and we hope you enjoy, uh, join us on that. It's about planet Earth that gets invaded by aliens and about five stories across the globe and how they intersect and how mm. their lives are impacted by this invasion of sorts. So we hope you join us there. We're also covering Hijack. We have one more episode coming there for to wrap up. I guess it's a one and done. I think it's a mini series. So I don't think, I think we'll, so. get, we'll be getting a season two of Hijack, but Stars Idris Elba, it's been pretty good. And, um, you know, I'm a little interested to, I don't know how this is going to wrap up here with uh, episode seven coming up next week, but it should be interesting. And then we are gradually covering Black Mirror season six, and we'd like to finish that at some point in the future. So if you want to check out our coverage there, do so. And as always, like, subscribe, hit us with a rating of five stars, helps us with the algos and to be more searchable out there for the new listeners. So Zach, I'll throw the outro to you. For sure. Well, while you are subscribing, thank you for listening. (laughs) I had to make fun of what you said. Thank you for listening to this episode of Foundation by Story Archives. You can find this podcast anywhere you find podcasts, Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. We are on YouTube at Soapbox Podcast Network. You can visit our website at soapbox.house. Email us at contact at soapbox.house. And we have links in the description below to both sign up for our newsletter. And we have a questionnaire going out right now. Um, I don't know how long it will be open for, but if you are listening, we would love to get some feedback from you as we continue to build this network and grow the community. Awesome. Well, until next time, Zach, you want to hit the tagline here? Oh, yes. Please respect and enjoy the peace. <laughs>